Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller. So glad you're with us today. And those who listen regularly know that this is not a sales uh, program. We're not here to sell insurance or gold or anything like that. So we don't have a hidden agenda. So it's, I like to, to say that uh, you you got the, the information you need, but without the sales pitch. So we don't have a sales pitch here. And I think virtually everyone, not everyone, I know there's at least one more uh, talk show guy that doesn't have that agenda but uh everybody else does so just be wary of that as you listen to anybody that's on just because we're on the radio doesn't mean we know what we're talking about so you got, you got to uh always be discerning so but today i got somebody with me today that does know what he's talking about and uh daniel hicks joins me welcome daniel i'll uh, go ahead and get you thank you good morning yeah it's been too long since you've been on it, yes and uh matter of fact I, I mentioned i think i talked about you on thursday at the bob jones uh retire financial planning seminar that uh, reminded everybody that we started at ron blue trust the same day that you started with national christian that's Foundation. right i forgot about that. that's correct yeah. march first about three and a half years ago that's right yeah does it's it seem a, like three and a half years ago well i don't know you know everything's marked by pre-covid and post-covid now yeah. so I, I can't remember which was before or after so. <laughs> yeah but that was right. pre-covid it was pre-covid oh, yeah. that was pre-covid yeah. and we used to have you on all the time when you were in private practice and uh, now you went to the uh, city the other side no <laughs> not really to the other side <laughs> my, my, some friends say i'm a recovering attorney now, yeah, recovering so attorney. but you certainly use your experience the years because you did a lot with um philanthropy and with uh, nonprofits and things mm -hmm. like that. And so it was a really natural fit if you go to National Christian Foundation. But a lot of people listening today uh, have never heard of National Christian Foundation, or as we like to call it, NCF. Right. Um, so give us a little background. How, how did you get there and why did you get there? Right. Yeah. So I was in private practice for 20 plus years and, you know, focusing on estate planning and tax. And um, what started me along that path is I had some clients that were, um, you know, had high net worth and they wanted to give it away, but the, the way the act of giving it away was very complicated. It was a privately held business or something like that. And so, yeah. you know, I looked around for what charity could, you know, take an interest in a company and hold right, it and that kind right. of thing or, or deal with it. Complex assets. we call Right. It, yeah. yeah. Complex assets. Right. Yeah. Just more than just giving a cash. And right. so I found NCF and so I contacted NCF and worked with them. So over the years I had a number of clients that uh, made some large gifts and we were able to partner with NCF to sort of maximize their generosity. And uh, so when I, I got a call for them saying they were looking for, a, you know, an attorney to, to come on staff to continue work, it, it, it took me about 10 seconds to pray about that. So <laughs> it was my dream job. God had already prepared, prepared your heart for that. It really yeah. had. Yeah. And the timing was perfect, you yeah. know, it, as always. Uh, it was something I had even expressed to my wife years ago that, well, I'd love to work there. But yeah. you know, I don't know so if they'll you, ever call me. <laughs> you cover a particular region, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. for them. I do. Yeah. So we, we have 34 offices all over the country. And each office is headed by an individual, usually someone who used to be in financial planning. And um, and uh, we we are our national headquarters out of Atlanta, and uh, we are just over forty some years old. And uh, 
what we do is we kind of divvy up the country based on regions. And, and my region is sort of the Carolinas and then sort of east. So I get like Tennessee, Missouri into Nebraska. Okay. It's, an, it's really? a, a, a different, yeah. different setup. So what I do is I'm called in to, uh, to work with the regional person anytime there's a complex gift and yeah. to answer questions and kind of work through things with their advisors. So Dan Glaze has been on the, the yes, show. It's yes, been yes, several yes. months since he's been on, but mm-hmm. uh, had a great story, history of himself, how he got the NCF as great. well. And, uh, and as we talked about right before going on the air, that you work with a lot of Ron Blue Trust uh, advisors. We do. Yeah, there's a lot of partnering there. And it's, it's a wonderful privilege to work with advisors. You know, Ronald Blue is unique. I, I, a lot of the advisors really know what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're doing deep dives uh, with their mm-hmm. clients. And so we're glad to come along and partner with them and just kind of address those charitable things. But uh, it's, I, I, I get to do a job that I love because I, I tell everybody um, – you know, I get to work with people who say, I just want to give it all away. Yeah. How do I do that? Okay, well, <laughs> hey, that's, that's a wonderful goal. Let's see how we can figure that out. Yeah, at least give enough of it away that, you know, more than they need. So that, that mm-hmm. the old Ron Blue, the, the person, not the company, uh, question was how much is enough? And, and asking, right. and us as advisors, asking clients who have, and we have a lot of clients who don't have that kind of wealth. I mean, they're, sure. they're really just sure. trying to get by and, sure. and make sure there's enough for themselves and, and have some decent amount to pass on to their family. But there are those, and it's a smaller percentage, but they're, they're out there. And there's some of those who are listening today that, that have that kind of wealth that you need to be thinking through your giving plans well before you pass away. So you can put things in writing and not necessarily wait until you die to do it. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Do your giving while you're living. So you're knowing where it's going. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. And that's an important point. Um, you know, again, to clarify, NCF is a charitable organization. We, we are not a law firm. I had that question recently. No, we are not. We don't give legal advice, anything like that. But we want to be clear, clear. We want to minister to those who have only a little to give and those who have a lot. So the quality of the gift is not based on the amount. It's, yeah. the, it's the heart. It's the worship attitude. And we know that from the, the story of the widow. But um, but our resources, our website, you know, we're glad that, to share that information with anybody who wants to. We have devotionals that talk about giving. And um, so we have some wonderful resources for anybody who wants to learn more about giving and what the Bible has to say about it and how yeah. to do it. Well, every Saturday morning I get the NCF that's right. Email. Yeah. yeah NCF perfect. giving. I forget what they yeah. call it. It's NCF kind of Saturday email. Yeah. yeah. Saturday email. And so that has some interesting uh verbiage and and quotes and stuff a lot like of stories that. by individuals yeah yeah it's yeah. it's uh fun i don't, don't read them all of course but i it's it's nice to have them there i've used a few stories even as as i was preparing for talking money so oh, right. that's a cool story let me let me talk about that one right. um yeah so i i think it's important for people to realize that you you don't you're not giving in order to be seen by men you're not giving in order to get to heaven but right. you know, said, right. well, if I give enough, maybe I'll, I'll get there. No, that's, that's nope. not the case. It's the, you're giving for the, as, as you said, the right heart attitude, whether that's the widow's mite or, or not. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen too many people, they ask, I get the question a lot. What do I think about the tithe? The 10%, right. should I give right. 10%? Should I give it uh, to gross or should I give it yes. to net? Yeah. And my usual response is, um, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like you, you give it to, if you give it because I, I know I want to give my 10% and check the box, you're giving it for the wrong reason. Right. You're just checking the box. Don't I check agree. the box. Yeah. And I think that uh, many times limits God and his ability to work through someone to give away things because they're saying, Oh, I already gave my 10%. I'm done. Now the yeah, rest of it's mine. You're so right. And I've, you know, we all face times in our lives when we're 
not where we are. And, you know, I've, I have faced that when, you know, money's tight and you're, you're, you're just mm-hmm. kind of consumed with what you've got to spend and pay and things like that. And in the end, you know, for me, it's like, well, God doesn't need it. I mean, he, he created no. everything. So clearly there's something more going on. And so it's yeah. such an act of worship for me. It's, I want to recognize the primacy of Christ. I, I want to just recognize that with my gifts. He yeah. doesn't need it, but he asks for it and he uses it. And that's a, that's a wonderful blessing yeah. to be part of that. Yeah. And oftentimes people don't have any reason they're out of a job. They don't have mm-hmm. income. So you say, what do you do the 10% on? But then I think then you have to go and say, okay, how can I give of myself? Yes. What can I give Absolutely. as a stewardship of my own time? And, and how can I best use that to further the kingdom? And I think that's um, a great way to look at it as well. Yeah. All right. So we had a question from Russ that came in and this is what got me to ask you to come on. Okay. <laughs> so I haven't seen Daniel for a long time. <laughs> now, Daniel and I have, have done enough workshops and, and spoke enough together. We could actually just probably not prepare and just come in here and sit and talk and we'd be fine. Right. <laughs> but we did prepare. So Russ, Russ sent a question in and, and Russ sends questions in fairly regularly, but he has some great questions. And this time he asked questions about a, a donor advised fund. Hmm. And so uh, we're, we're coming up to the first break, Daniel, so we won't get started and have to stop 30 seconds in. But after we get back from the break, we're going to talk about a donor advised fund and what it is, how people use it, what are the advantages, what are some of the disadvantages, and and go really dig deep because Russ did ask some pretty good questions about this, and there are questions that people need to understand about donor advised funds. We'll be back with this second segment of Talking Money in just a few minutes. The answers to most financial questions are uncovered when you understand that there are only really five uses of money and when you know exactly how much you are spending on each of those uses. At Ronald Blue Trust, our comprehensive financial planning process helps you plan for living expenses, debt, savings, taxes, and giving. Well, let's focus on saving for retirement. Planning for retirement is much more than a magic number that answers the question most people think of retirement planning, how much is enough? You need to know the answer to that question, but other questions are important to consider as well. Questions like, how will I determine what my next chapter is? How can I use my savings and investments in a tax-efficient manner? How will inflation, investment returns, and personal decisions impact my time frame? As you approach retirement, don't look at it as an end, but rather as a beginning. We don't sell any products at Ronald Blue Trust. We are fiduciaries whose only desire is to help clients be the best stewards they can be with the resources God has given them. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money because we want you to get the answers to your questions about money with no hidden agenda to sell anything. If you'd like to learn more about Ronald Blue Trust, to find out if we can help you, please call 1-800-588-7526 and tell Chelsea you heard Mike Miller talking about Ronald Blue Trust on the radio. It would be my pleasure to speak with you further. Once again, our phone number at the Greenville office is 1-800-588-7526. Now let's go back to Talking Money to answer more of your questions. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host, and we are here to answer your questions. 877-235-9405 is the phone line and the text line. We'd love to hear from you. My special guest today, Daniel Higgs uh, with the uh, tax attorney. What do they actually call your title? A gift plan attorney. Gift planning attorney with uh, with the National Christian Foundation. And uh, Daniel and I have known each other a long time and uh, worked together a lot with clients before he got into out of private practice and became a recovering attorney, he calls it. Um, And so we want to talk about answer questions that Russ uh, emailed me about. And you can email those questions, by the way. Many people I know listen via the podcast as opposed to listening to it live. (laughs) You're not up on Saturday morning about 10 o'clock or you're in a different time zone or something. Um, 
uh, my daughter's birthday my oldest daughter tracy's birthday was yesterday we took her out to dinner and and she does a lot of the administrating for talking money and was reminding me how we had listeners in china and um several of the foreign countries who are regular right. listeners and uh california has a lot of listeners hmm. he said virginia is getting real active so we have a lot of people around there obviously listen via podcast or right. some of them listen yeah. on, on the website oh okay great uh so you can go to talkingmoneyradio.com and you listen or you can go directly to the 94.5 the answer app and you can listen to it live if you'd rather listen to it live and and call in to ask questions but if you don't want to do that or if you're not able to do that then you just send a question to mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, or you go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, which is where you can get this particular program. We'll, we're recording it, so we'll post it, uh, probably post it by Monday or Tuesday this week, and you can pick other um, programs that you may listen on a different topic. You can search by topics. It's, it's very easy to do, so you'll get all the different programs. We may have talked about insurance or taxes or whatever it is, and you can listen to that there. But there's also a line that says, ask Mike a question. So click on that, and you can ask me a question. Very very simple. And uh, so you can send those questions there. But, of course, we'd love to have your questions now. You can send that text or give us a call, 877-235-9405. So the question that Russ asked was about donor-advised funds. Mm. Some of you I know are familiar with donor-advised funds, but I know a lot of people are not familiar with them and and you really need to be because it's such a unique tool uh to have available to you uh for giving that um has a lot of advantages a few disadvantages but but um i think more advantages and disadvantages so talk to us uh, daniel just what is a donor advice fund what, why is it set up what sure it, sure yeah and what does it do sometimes it's best to understand um the irs sort of defines it as a separately identified fund or an account held by a charitable organization, a 501c3. And always the 501c3 is just a designation that refers to the tax code. So yeah. that charity is called a sponsoring organization. So at NCF, we hold these separate funds and an individual is able to give cash or stock or bonds or business interest, whatever they can give to that donor advised fund. Mm -hmm. And once they give it, they it's a completed gift. They give up control of it. So they have no legal right to it. It is a gift to charities. Once it Just comes like to you would hands, if you'd made a direct gift of cash right. or mutual funds or something to, if you made it directly to the charity, you'd give up control exactly. there too. So that, that's no it, different. Exactly. What the difference is, is under the law, you can retain advisory rights. You, you basically tell the charity, I want to be able to tell you where ultimately I want that to go. Mm -hmm. And we, re, we respect that with, a, with parameters set by the IRS. So, you know, as we're, let's say you donate a, you know, a thousand dollars to your donor advice fund, you can name that donor advice fund, whatever you want to, it, that's fine. Um, it could be the Mike Miller fund or whatever it is. We're holding the Miller that. family foundation. There you go. It sounds better. That's okay. right. It sounds <laughs> big. That's right. So yeah, it sounds really official. Right. right. <laughs> and you'll come to us and say, you know, I, I want that thousand dollars to go $500 here, $500 here, whatever. Our role is to say, all right, when we distribute the money out, we just have to confirm that it's going to another 501c3. And that's mm -hmm. easy to determine typically. And in our case, we just want to make sure it goes to uh, an organization that's consistent with our faith and practice. So those are really our outline two requirements. But um, I, I think Russ asked the question about, you know, can, can you get the money back or anything? You yeah, can't. Yeah, no, we'll once you give it, it's, yeah, it's, once it's you give gone. It's gone. So right. he mentions here in his question that you can set up a DAF with, and that's the donor advice fund yep. DAF with your investment company. He says, uses fidelity. Once you contribute, it cannot mm -hmm. be withdrawn for personal use. So that's the 
kind of the drawback, but that's your intent is to give it away anyway. Right. So, and then, and then he says, but given at your direction to charities of your choice. So uh, there are some limitations to that uh, with NCF and with uh, like he uses fidelity, whether it's mm-hmm. fidelity or any other brokerage firm, or right. maybe it's the Greenville community foundation or right. uh, something like that. What, what kind of limitations might a fidelity or a Schwab or something like that have on it? That's different than, or potentially in the future may be different than what NCF does. Yeah, it's a great question. I, and, you know, the one thing that's consistent among all is whenever that money is sitting in the donor advised fund, it has to go to a 501c3. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's consistent. The same. Right. Schwab, yeah. Fidelity, whatever. Um, it cannot go to a private foundation, for example. It cannot go to an individual. We get that question a lot. Um, you know, for us, we are a Christian organization. We exist to help um, to kind of come along the local church and help Christians expand their generosity. So that's our focus. And that's really what is different. Um you know, the other providers, whether it's Schwab or Fidelity or Greenville Community Foundation, you know, they do wonderful work. Uh, their focus is not limited to more, you know, Christian type causes. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say, for example, we've had funds given into a donor advice fund and it's able to go to uh, St. Jude's Hospital. Well, mm-hmm. well, that's fine because that's part of the Christian walk in faith is mm-hmm. to, you know, alleviate suffering, to help the poor, things like that. So it doesn't have to be necessarily going to a Christian organization, but certainly organizations that are, are fitting with our statement and practice. So the the one question we get is would you not who would you not distribute the funds right. to? Well anybody who would violate our statement of faith and that's typically something that would be pro abortion, something along those lines. I mean if they wanted to go Planned Parenthood, it's just it's not gonna go there. Not gonna go. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, you mentioned about not giving it to an individual and uh, I mentioned earlier I, I spoke at the the um, financial planning seminar over at Bob Jones as part of their homecoming a couple of days ago. And we were talking about some of these issues there, and they were talking about giving through your will. Mm-hmm. And and I reminded folks then, and said, okay, you, you can't just say, all right, I want it to go to Bob Jones University for the benefit of, and then name right. the child. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, can't do no, that. They, they thought of that already. <laughs> right. <laughs> they said, right. no, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another thing that uh, Russ goes on, he says, it does not need to be dispersed in one year. Yeah. Uh, so if you typically donate, uh, just using round numbers, 10000 per year to your church, you could set up a $50,000 donor advice fund and give 10000 per year to your church for five years, assuming that the investment does not lose value and the fees are uh, are covered by the increase in the value, of course. So I think that's a, a potentially a huge advantage right. for the donor advice fund. That's one of the reasons they're, you know those are um, unique because you can make your donation. And we frequently have individuals who... Uh, they make their donation at the end of the year a lot of times, mm-hmm. but they're not quite sure how they want those funds to go out and mm-hmm. be used. Well, that's okay. So once they make that gift, let's so in Russ's example, $50,000 sitting in his donor advice fund cash, and he wants to give it out to his church $10,000 a year for whatever reason. It, it could be because he's doing a matching gift for the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? um, then he's able to do that. You know, once a year, he's going to go on the website and request a fund, a gift be made from his fund directly to the church. And I would add right there, too, that's we have a wonderful website. A lot of these services are, are you're able to do on the website. And if anybody wants to visit, it's ncfgiving.com. So ncfgiving.com. NCF, which is National Christian Foundation. And right. If you're not sure what letters he's given, NCF. <laughs> yes, thank you. Right. <laughs> Giving.com. Yeah, and if you have an account with, if you have a donor advice fund that you give through, then, you know, you have a password and set up things like that. And we we have we have given out or granted out over $15 billion to 71,000 different charities 
over our, our history. That is just an amazing, amazing amount. Yeah. Well, Dan Glaze was talking about the size of NCF versus other public charities. It's like one of the largest, or top three, or it's the yeah. I think it's, it's top seven, top six, or something like that. It's, it's yeah, up there. It's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, it, if you. Yeah, if you're looking at the amount of money that comes in and goes out. I know last year it was something like $1.7 billion we took in. But we tell folks it's not what we took in. It's what we what we shot Send out. out. Right. So out of that 1.7, we're trying to get all of that out as right. quickly as we can to charities. Sometimes we can't distribute it out because it's not cash. It may be a, somebody gives land, for example. You know, we're going to yeah. wait for that to sell. So so another another um, technique that I've talked about on Talking Money before, we got a couple minutes here left before the uh, bottom of the hour break. Uh, and that is with the standard deduction so high mm-hmm. and people are not able to they give money each year, but they don't give enough that they can get over the, the, the 25,900 for 2022, mm-hmm. unless they're over 60, 65 or over. And then they get an extra 1400 right. per couple or, or per person. If they're a couple and 1750, if you're single, um, that, okay, I'm, I'm never going to be able to tax deduct my, my gift mm-hmm. to charity ever again because i've I, I can never get up above that and and that's where the donor advised fund i think can come in to uh, to play to help them bunch those deductions right yeah exactly you kind of accumulate those deductions in there if you will and and you know send them out when you want to yeah yeah so point. really what russ was talking about you give you have a fifty thousand, so you give well because you gave that fifty thousand dollars that puts you well over the standard deduction limit and you actually can deduct something. Mm-hmm. The rest of the years, when you give him money out of your donor advised fund, you're not getting a deduction, but you weren't going to give it any get a deduction anyway. Right. You're going to get the standard deduction. And so at least every two years or five years, mm-hmm. or whatever it is for you, you get at least some benefit of it. And then and you just give it out um, there. And there's other ways to give to the donor advised funds. We'll talk about that after with appreciated assets and things like that, right. that I think... Um, that I've done that, uh, and I will continue to do each year that I have appreciated assets. And, and, and even with the, with the market down, there's still appreciated assets. Oh, yeah. And that's a great point. A lot of times when someone's selling appreciated assets to bunch those deductions in that year is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back with the second half of talking money in just a few minutes. Most of you have heard the saying, it's not what you earn, but what you keep. With all of the tax laws and legislative changes, how do you successfully navigate the complex, always changing and mostly confusing tax system. More importantly, how do you best take advantage of these changing laws in order to improve your financial stewardship and accomplish your goals? Unlike tax preparation, tax planning is a year-round process and should be an important part of your financial plan. It's wise to consider tax reduction efforts in light of your overall goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, our tax planning process includes things like short and long-term tax projections, understanding tax consequences of financial and life decisions, estimating marginal and effective tax rates to, among other things, avoid that dreaded tax bracket creep, coordinate with your tax preparer, and looking for tax savings opportunities through income shifting, deferring income, deduction planning, and other timing strategies. For more information about our Greenville team and the credentials and experience of each of them, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Sherry White. Jeremy Weaver, Scott Clark, and Eddie Holland are the team leaders with a supporting team of certified financial planner professionals working right alongside of them. Feel free to contact any of them directly or give me a call at 1-800-588-7526 and I'll be happy to discuss your situation with you. The phone number again is 1-800-588-7526 or go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. 
Let's return now to Talking Money. And we're about 25 minutes before the hour here on Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host for today on Talking Money. My special guest, Daniel Hicks, uh, with the National Christian Foundation. We've been talking about the donor advised funds, and we already hit on a lot of the basics of it. And we're going to continue talking about that. Russ had sent in a question about it. And we want to make sure people understand it and understand the advantages, disadvantages, and so forth. And so um, uh, no no one better to do that than than uh, Daniel Hicks. To, to, since he's with the National Christian Foundation who hosts a donor advice fund. Although he, he would admit he's not the one that, that's uh, on the inside doing the administrative type work. He's more at the the planning level. Right, right. <laughs> so there may be a question that somebody would ask about that. Oh, well, I'm not sure about that because I don't handle that kind of stuff. <laughs> I understand that. I do the same thing at my office. But uh, one of the questions that when uh, continuing the question, because Russ's question was fairly long. So if there's any money, you put money in the donor advice fund, mm -hmm. you put $50,000 in and you don't live five years to give it all away. Right. Uh, what happens to the money? Yep. That money still stays the donor advice fund. And so we ask folks to kind of give us a successor plan uh, to fill out something that tell us, all right, if you pass away, who do you want to have advisory rights or right, advisory privileges on that fund? So a lot of givers will say, you know, I want to, I want to involve my family. And if I die, you know, my three mm -hmm. children can continue to advise you as to where they want to go. I, I you can get really unique with this. It, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've worked with givers where they set up, you know, three separate donor advice funds, one for each child mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And uh, the one giver told me it was really, it was really interesting. She said, I, I talked to each one of my children and, and they were all the way down to age nine. She says, you know, what do you like to give to? First, just what do you, you know, is it, is it at age hunger? nine? At age nine, what would you like to give to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and the answers are very interesting. Even at age nine, you see the Lord working in a heart to kind uh -huh. of recognize a need. And then the next question was, what organization does that? with the gospel of Christ the most effectively. Yeah. And then, you know, can we give and how do we evaluate that organization? So she used the donor advised fund as a teaching tool. So that surprised a lot of people. Yeah. You can have your nine year old on the, uh, to have advisory privileges. Now you're guiding them and teaching them. So I always tell folks, you know, don't wait until you die to say, okay, you know, I, I I've died. Here you go. kids. Here's this fund. You got to right. give it away. Work with them. No, yeah. work with them now. Um, it's, it's a very important tool and, and they, they may not share exactly your values and faith, but, I think teaching them the importance of giving and, and how this can really impact uh, a lot of communities is, yeah. is a wonderful thing. And to, and to really think through uh, mm -hmm. who you're giving it to. So my son, when we started doing some of this uh, several years ago, he had uh, someone in his church who was going to go to the mission field and mm -hmm. they were, they were doing the deputation, trying to raise money and so forth. And, and they felt burdened to give something. And so we talked through it. So well, how much does she need? So, well, you could give the full amount. Uh, do you really want to give the full amount? How much do you think you should give based on, on what her needs are and how much you know of her? And do you know she's really going to, going to do the, the things that the, she says she's going to do? And uh, so they gave a smaller amount, which I was mm -hmm. kind of uh, really pleased that he thought through that. And then they, um, the, uh, the girl ended up getting some health problems and mm -hmm. was not able to, to go to the mission field at all. Uh, so there had to be some you know, money coming back and so forth. But just to go through that process with somebody is, uh, uh, I think, is helpful uh, for the children. I tell folks all the time, the hardest work I ever did in church was when I sat on the Benevolence Committee. All right, so we've got a uh, phone call. we got Alan here is just driving in Greenville. We don't know where Alan's from, but uh, good morning, Alan. And drive carefully, please, while you're uh, talking on the phone. Oh. I'll do that, Mike. Um, I, I want to be purposeful, vague. Um, you, you know who I am I'm from church and everything, but I just <laughs> I do now. I told your screener <laughs> 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 wasn't vague enough, huh? So, I, um, 
I told I told your screener I didn't have a question for you guys. I just wanted to say that I was thankful for you and um, my mother um, has had funds with you for probably 25 years Long now. Time. Yeah. I know you I know you want to be really careful about uh, people praising you too much, but she has consistently taken uh, you know a modest amount out every year for her living expenses, and she's got more money than she had when she put it in. So um, thank you for that. Number one, and then number two. Um, I am working with Sherry and Adam right now. Miriam and I are um, in the process of getting some money over to you. I've enjoyed through the years uh, managing myself for the past probably 35 years, but I'm 64 and I'm at the point where I really don't want to do that anymore. And um, so just thankful for your expertise and what you're doing. Um, just, I mean, all the advice you give and all the things that you guys do. So, like I said, didn't have a question, just and, and I don't want you to feel too proud because I called, but um, <laughs> but I did want you to to know that I'm thankful for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Alan. Yeah, I don't get I don't get enough calls like this to, to get proud about it. So it's nice to have somebody. First of all, that I know that that, that someone's listening. It's always nice to know Sorry. somebody's listening. <laughs> we have one listener, and that uh, yeah, and that uh, that your your mom, I know she's a sweet lady and helped, and I, I and I heard that you work with. Sharing Adam, so that's just great. I know they'll do a great job for you over the years, and uh, and that's which is all part of you know trying to work with folks is not uh, you know not necessarily rely on one person like myself is to have a team that you can uh, train or that you can mentor and they can carry on the same uh, ministry and same work that we've been doing for years. So, uh, but anyway, so yeah, thanks, uh, Alan. So get back to your your driving and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> That sounds great, Mike. Thank okay. you, guys. I appreciate it. Right, thanks, Alan. Okay. Take care. Bye. So yeah, no, no, Alan through church, and yep. uh, and so uh, yeah, it's just uh, I, I he had seen me work with his mom for mm -hmm. years, and then when he when he decided, and he's one of these guys that would like he was a do it yourselfer. Yeah. And uh, he would always ask me questions, uh, which like a lot of people do, even Russ, it's fine. You get free advice or whatever. And then eventually you get to the point where you say, okay, look, I, I need to have somebody else in my life so that if something ever happens to me, uh, then mm -hmm. somebody else is going to take over. We've had several just in the last uh, month or so that that was uh, their concern. So look, I just want to make sure that somebody's there. We got a, a meeting this coming week or next week with another fellow that's uh, been, been in the investment business for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mid seventies now, and he said, "You know, look, I just need to to have somebody to back up in case right. something happens to me." And and the donor advice fund kind of does that, where you're you're giving it away, but then it's locked in, it's invested, and uh, you pass away. Well, it's still there; it's not going anywhere. Right? Yeah. No, that, that comes up sometimes. Where you know, if I uh, if I have money in my account, what what's happening with that money? Now, I have a donor advice fund, but it's it's. You know, it's very small and pretty much what goes in goes out pretty fast. Yeah, sure. But I think the money I have is like put it in a money, money market fund or something like yeah. that. So it earns a little bit of interest. But if someone has a lot in there, um, that is typically invested in, you know, you could probably tell me more about our investments than I can, but uh, <laughs> it's just what it's put in. It's probably some, you know, certain products. But um, we will allow, uh, if the fund is large enough, usually it's about 300000 mm -hmm. And if the giver says, hey, I want my advisor to continue to, to invest that, well, that's fine. You know, because we, yeah. we want it to be successful. We want it to grow as well, because that just means more is going out to charity. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's very beneficial. And uh, and I guess I couldn't stress enough the ease of use. 
So I've got one with NCF. I also have another one with the South Carolina Christian Foundation. Mm -hmm. And I've not given any money away from that one, uh, from the NCF one, but I have the South Carolina Christian. You just, you know, once you get the charity listed, get yeah. all the proper documentation in there, the, the EIN oh. number and that kind of stuff, then you just go on quick, say, I want to give X amount, and, and they approve it in a few it's, days and it goes it's really nice i mean you and i both know because we support a lot of the same charities i, I got mm -hmm. to where one year i think i had something like 25 charities now i sound like i'm a big you know big donor here i mean <laughs> some of these are like 200 yeah, gifts or something sure. like and a lot that. of people listening the same way that's yeah. right so but it's fine you know and so when i went to do my taxes i'm like oh man I'm like half my receipts are not for whatever reason i i won't put it on the charity maybe they sent them to me and i just didn't have them <laughs> but it was a big hassle so now what i did i've gone on uh the ncf website i mean we have like something like 70,000 charities. So that means our folks have already investigated, made sure they're a 501c3. And so they're, you know, they're, they're ready. So I actually have my charities. I can go on my phone and I have, you know, all those charities listed and I can make a grant on my phone. I say, please send a hundred dollars to, I'll just say the wilds, just send okay. it to the wilds. They'll cut the check, put it in the mail and give it to send it to the wilds. So yeah. All I did was get on my phone and do it. I, I love that. And at the end of the year, I get one receipt. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I get, for tax yeah, purposes, yeah. and even then, I don't even have to. I can go online and pull it, just print it off. So, right now, for my giving, I, I basically give to my church. I want my children to see that act of worship, and I give to my donor advice fund, and then I use my donor advice fund to kind of give out to all the different charities. Yeah, so it's, yeah. a, it's just very, very convenient. Yeah, and we get uh, after the break here. I want to talk a little bit about uh, people that use it for um, some kind of liquidity event. Now they sold a business, mm -hmm. they sold a piece of property, they mm -hmm. sold this and, and they want to give money, but they don't want to, they don't either don't know who to give it to right away or, um, or they don't want to give it to uh, anybody right away in that same year. So we'll talk about that. We'll be right back. Virtually every financial services firm talks about financial and investment planning based on your goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, we can help you define your goals. And we'll do that from your personal cash flow to your income tax to your state and investments to help ensure that your decisions really do reflect your values. We incorporate biblical principles into our comprehensive financial planning approach. Our goal is to help you clarify your decision making and focus on leaving a legacy of financial, social, and spiritual capital. And whether we realize it or not, the decisions we make in life reflect our values and our priorities. Decisions we make today can have lifetime implications. There are rarely independent decisions. A comprehensive financial plan includes things like planning for short-term cash needs, long-term retirement, proactively minimizing debt, continually evaluating the tax consequences of your decisions, funding your child's or grandchild's education, and determining your insurance needs. No financial plan, however, is worth doing unless you actually implement your plan. Our process takes you directly from goal setting to the implementation. I think, we think, there's a good chance your financial stress level will improve when you understand how all of the components of your financial life integrate with each other and how to adjust over time. So we can guide you through a detailed plan towards sound financial decisions, wise stewardship, and a roadmap to your desired destination, a life well spent. For more information, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville or call 1-800-588-7526. Once again, the number is one 800 588-7526. Now back to more of Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host for today. Uh, send your questions to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com or go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and, and click on Ask Mike a Question and you can ask the question there. We'll pick it up for a future 
uh, talking money. So right before the break, uh, Daniel Hicks, my special guest here today from National Christian Foundation, uh, we were talking about uh, somebody has a liquidity event so um, and how they might use a donor advised fund either by they sold their business or maybe they sold a big piece of property they've owned mm. and they've got a, a big tax bill coming through. Uh, what's an efficient way to maybe give as part of that process? Right. And as part of that, I, we, there was one question we touched on. I want to make sure we answered since that was said. And specifically, when do you get to deduct it? Um, oh, right. So, you know, if you give $5,000 in 2022, the deductions for 2022, the, the, the individual asked if you just bunch it up, can you kind of take the deduction when you actually distribute the funds out to the charity? No. Whenever you make the check or whenever you make that gift to your donor advised fund, that's that's the year in which it's deductible. Which most people, that's what they want to do. That's why right. they're giving it. I want right. to give it that year. Right. Yeah, but that's fine. Because giving five thousand, you're probably not going to be able to deduct it because of the standard deduction. But right. if you give a bunch of it at once and give it donor advised fund, you at least get a chance to get it deducted. Exactly. Exactly. So to your question, so we that kind of falls in the realm where I deal a lot, and that's what we call complex assets. And a complex asset is typically something that's it's not cash, it's not publicly traded. You know, if you have IBM stock, that's actually pretty easy to give. You know, what if you have real estate? Well, what if you have a, a an LLC, a limited liability company that owns real estate? Mm-hmm. What if you have an S-Corp that manufactures widgets? So we come alongside uh, the givers and we look at the possibility of what, what if you actually give an interest in that real estate or give an interest in your company, that privately held company? What does that look like? Does that expand your, your ability to, to give to more to charity? And so, as you point out, a lot of times there is a liquidity event coming. So an individual is thinking about selling their business. Um, what we'll do is come along and say, well, what if you made a gift um, of that business? Maybe it's a 15% interest, whatever. What if you made that gift um, prior to any kind of sale? What does that look like? And so we kind of walk the givers through that. And that's a, that's a fairly complex matter because, um, you know, can a charity own stock in a company? That's we get that question right. a lot. Can they even own an S corp? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, we can. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of rules, and so that's what we do is we come along the giver and with their advisors, work with their attorneys, their CPAs to say, all right, how how could this work? How could you make a gift? And if it's done properly, then when there's a liquidity event, whatever interest that we the charity are holding either doesn't um, either doesn't recognize a tax, doesn't have to pay tax, or the tax that we pay is significantly lower. Now, I will want to clarify, this doesn't happen with the donor advised fund structure. It, 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 all this is not in the donor advised fund. This kind of happens separately. And eventually, when there's liquidity, when there is a sale, that cash is in the donor advised fund to give away at that point. So right. yeah. as I tell folks all the time, they're like, well, why wouldn't I just do that with my church? I'm like, that is fine. But most churches or charities are not going to be able to take in right. a large piece of real estate. They're or, not set up for that. It, yeah. Right. I mean, there's liabilities with it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, that's what we try to encourage to do and spend a lot of our time doing. Yeah. And for those who are, are charitably inclined and I, I would urge you, if you've got an event like that coming on and you're, you're within even five years away, it's time to start talking to us, the folks at, uh, at national Christian foundation to help prepare. Um, there's things that you may be able to do five years from the time that happens to start giving away stock to the donor advised fund or whatever, instead of waiting till, Hey, Daniel, we're, we're closing uh, next month. Now, can you help us? It's like, yeah, that's oh, a, we're getting close now. Yeah, because <laughs> You know, one of the conversations we have with givers is we always tell folks, you know, the journey is a, is a walk of faith as well. It's not mm-hmm. just the gift. It's mm-hmm. the journey. Cause it's difficult. I mean, if you own your own business, mm-hmm. you've built that thing. If you give us an interest in that, um, you know, we're not making any promises that we'll sell it. We, 
mean, we're, we're not making any promises that we'll do anything with it. We, mm-hmm. you know, it's legally ours. Mm-hmm. Now it so happens that we want it to turn into cash because we want it to go to charity. Right. So we want the same thing, but you know, that's tough. Givers are like, wait a minute, I'm going to give up part of control mm-hmm. of my business. That mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. Like, yeah. Well, that's, I yeah. understand. That's what the Lord's, if it's where the Lord's working on your heart, we we're coming alongside to kind of show you how that can happen. All right. So I want to get back to make sure I get all the rest of his questions oh, yeah, since okay. he asked so many. So one of the questions people might have is, can the donor advice fund be added to, so it can put more money to it as you age? Is there an age requirement or? No, you no. can do it. Exactly. You can add whatever you want to. You can even add to it at your, at your death. You can say in your will or in your trust, you know, I leave 25% of my assets to the donor advice fund. I will tell you, that's what my wife and I've done. We've actually established a donor advice fund that we give out of it. And it's, you know, pretty money goes in, goes out. But if the Lord takes us both, we first make sure we take care of our children because they are, we have some young children, but there's an amount that will go to that donor advice fund and my children will have to give it away. Now, yeah. My hope is that they will know the Lord and give it away joyfully, but it's going to have to go to charity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your kids are, I don't know, they're, they're getting older. I can't keep track of, they are, of they their are ages. Getting, but yeah, they are getting older. They're getting there. So uh, next question. So uh, as far as how to invest it. So are you deciding what to invest in or is the DAF administration deciding for you? You, you kind of hit on that a mm-hmm. little bit earlier. Yeah, the, um, our folks will decide where that's invested. And it's it's the typical, you know, sort of different investment strategies. Yeah, it does a growth fund, growth and right. income. I can't remember myself, but I right. uh, I put it in the most aggressive one because I was just planning on that, mm-hmm. that one leaving there for a while to have it grow for right. exactly. giving later. Yeah, because yeah. we had some givers. I mean, they put $500,000 in it, but they're like, I'm going to be giving it all out in a month and a half or something. Well, yeah. you know, money we, market. Yeah. Right, exactly. Just yeah. put something in it for a while. But again, if it's if it's a lot, it's going to sit in there for a long time. And certainly there's flexibility. And then there's, because he asked about strict, in, are there strict requirements for investment types? And so you've got the ones that are available through them. Then you mentioned uh, you could have an, an outside advisory firm mm-hmm. at uh, advise uh, on how to invest it as well. Right. Yep. And, and I guess there would be potentially some, uh, how many, how they would control limitations to make sure they're invested in, uh, not invested in things that you, you don't like. I, but typically right. it's a, it's a uh, Christian based. It's a, it's a Ronald Blue trust advisor or somebody like mm-hmm. that who is aligned already um, philosophically with you guys. So yeah. And I that's think not know, an issue. there are kind of rules that govern, and there's some state laws that govern how charities invest. I mean, you don't want charities out there, um, you know, doing speculative type investment. So we're, we're, you know, if your account sitting in there, it's going to be probably somewhat conservative, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Then he, he also asks about the uh, tax deductions, which we've pretty much covered that mm-hmm. uh, you got your standard deduction. So mm-hmm. yeah, you could give, yeah, he says, say you typically have a $15,000 tax deductions, which is worthless as the standard deduction is 25. He's close. Um, but you assign 50,000 towards the DAF. And so it's your deduction for that year, 65,000, because you give 50,000 normally, plus you give another 50,000 to the DAF. So yes, your deduction would be 65, but there could be limits on the amount of income because you have to be based on you got the the rules had changed so much during COVID and all the right, all the, right, the, right, the right, yeah. Secure Act and Care Act and all that kind of stuff where they allowed you to give more than the percentages, but typically thirty percent, fifty percent. There's limitations uh, yep. if you're t- on your total income, mm-hmm. but if you can't give it that year, you can always uh, defer it. Yeah, that's a great question. No. I, I was kind of looking through his question because it's several different points, but right, if you're giving cash, you can deduct it up to sixty percent of your AGI. So AGI means adjusted gross income. So, you know, when you, 
if you have $100,000 in income, you don't necessarily pay tax on 100000 right? You get a standard deduction on that. Mm-hmm. Or if you itemize, uh, you give the charity or you have medical expenses, whatever, you, you get to lower. And that eventually you get to a number that's AGI. And so that's what that charitable deduction is pegged against. So if you give cash, let's say that $15,000 gift, well, if it exceeds 60% of your AGI, then you've got a little bit of charitable deduction you can't use in that year. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, you can carry it forward to the next year. You can actually carry it forward an additional five years. So the, the rules so it's are not very, wasted. It, right. It, the rules yeah. are very generous to kind of allow you to do that. Yeah. So you'd have the same limitations each year, but more than likely the next year, you're not going to give quite as much away. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be under the 60%. And unfortunately, AGI is before, that's the number before you take the standard deduction, before you take that. So it's a it's yes. a little higher number. So hopefully you'll be able to, to tax deduct all that. And then he asked about uh, fees. So what are the fees from the investment company? No, he says, why are the fees in the investment company for DAF so high? So he's, he's with Fidelity. Mm-hmm. He says, Fidelity charges 1% fees for the right to have a DAF. These fees are in addition to any of the fees that the investment funds carry. It seems high to me. What do you think? So we talked about the fees. Why do they even charge fees to begin with? Uh, aren't they a charitable organization? Why are they charging right. fees? <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the ways. We, we we tell folks it's not really a fee. It's a it's a grant to us. But, yeah. I mean, we are providing a service. And it's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, we have... Oh, goodness, we probably have, uh, I don't know, almost 400 employees all yeah. over the nation. So the the act of basically saying, how do I get one, you know, how did we get $15 billion granted to 71,000 charities? That takes a lot of work. So yeah. those um, those investment charges, if you will, those grants to us are one of the ways that we fund our operations. But we are very, very keen to tell folks that, you know, over 95% of what we take in goes out i mean we we are operating on far less than what we get and that's what we want so you yeah. can uh we compare that against anybody yeah and it's it's uh there again it's a it's a great service i, I thought we'd really finish talking about donor advice funds and we'd get to talk about something else today but <laughs> but uh that that covers it pretty thoroughly and i'm glad that we'll we had this discussion because now it'll be on the website so mm-hmm. uh, next week we'll post uh this discussion about donor advice funds to the Talking Money Radio website, and so it'll be there for forever, essentially. So uh, when people have questions about that, uh, and if you have a question, or if you have somebody else that you know of that has a question about that, so then uh, just uh, tell them to, to go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. But thank you, Daniel, for uh, thank joining you. us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Always Mike. a pleasure. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, we'll see you uh, the next time with All right. Talking Money. That sounds good. 